You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. The views and opinions expressed on this episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or philosophies of the PFC Entertainment Network or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only. Bueller. Bueller. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. Now don't call me Shirley. Nobody can stay here. I'll be back. Wax on. Wax off. Go ahead. Make my day. Sweep the leg. Here, here. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. This is Power Trippin' Through the 80s with Jason Klaus and Sean Grugel on the PFC Entertainment Network. Hello everybody, welcome to what should be a uh, pretty unique episode of Power Trippin' Through the 80s here on the PFC Entertainment Network along with Sean Grugel. I'm Jason Klaus, we certainly appreciate you tuning in this week. And uh, full disclosure, hopefully... This is going to turn out the way that we <laughs> hope it hope it's going to. We're actually trying something new here in terms of recording, editing, and distribution. Because, Sean, just as I get used to the bells and whistles, just as I get used to everything that's got to come into play here in terms of getting our shows out, our good friends over at Spotify decided to throw a, um, a wrench in the works. And what I mean by that is, and this is kind of peeling the curtain back a little bit, uh, we got notifications, not just me, but I assume the hundreds of thousands of other people that have podcasts through the Spotify platform, uh, they're changing the way they do things. We're having now to go through what's called Riverside to record and edit this thing. This is our first trial of this, so hopefully um, we can get through this without any major hiccups because i feel like with the topic that we have here today we have the potential to capture that lightning in a bottle and i don't want to fuck it up because somebody decided to evolve with the business now before we get there how are you i'm peachy (laughs) just damn peachy maybe you should tell your face that (laughs) i'm telling you you know, they used to say this was your was it uh, HSA face, the horse shit attitude. This is my uh, Riverside, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? What? Why? I don't understand why companies think they need to change things for the better 
when they're working fine just the way they are. You know, go with that old adage, if it's not broke, don't try to fix it. I said the exact same thing a couple of moments before coming down into the studio here today. I was talking to my dad about it, and I was expressing my frustration, and like he he's not what we would call a tech guy. You know, he doesn't understand the, you know, what I'm, what I'm, and like he understands what I'm saying, but he doesn't have a grasp as to what all is involved with recording, editing, producing, and distributing podcasts. And I was expressing my, my frustration with this. And he said the, the exact same thing. Why, why mess with it if it's not broke? And I'm like, well, that's the evolution of the business, apparently. And I have to either evolve or I get left behind. And I'm pissed off about it because, like I said, I just got used to the way things have to be. Like that recording and editing and and distributing a show is now second nature to me. It's not a big deal at all. But now they they want to throw this in here. Now I got to get reacclimated to everything. So hopefully, you know, once, you know, they we have until June before everything is being shifted over to, to Riverside here. And um, hopefully if this works the way that they say it's going to, it's going to eliminate Skype. It's going to eliminate uh, the two steps in the process that it takes me to get the shows out there. So if this works the way it's supposed to, then fine. I, I, I will shut the fuck up about it and just roll with the evolution. But if, if there's, a, there, there's a hiccup, if there's a hang-up, I'm going to have to seek other um, realms of capabilities is, is all I'm saying here. But I'm very much with you. Why fuck with it if, if it ain't broke? Well, I'm telling you right now with this platform so far, I have watched you pause and you have some of the funniest faces that are just in a freeze frame on my other side of the computer. Um, it's, I don't know, man. I just... Uh, you know, at work, at work, they just upgraded our internet system, apparently. Upgraded. I can, I, I can get to my stuff faster through my phone than I can a multi-million dollar company's web access. It's almost to the point of, let's get dial-up, because this shit will be faster. So... <laughs> Um, <laughs> I do miss hearing those sounds going on to my AOL messenger. You got mail. You know, you know like, there's a there's a generation of people that have no idea what what we're talking about. I know, I know. Like I, I pointed out how old we are because there are adults out there that have never lived a life, a day in their life without the internet, and that is so far out there for me. I mean, yes, come September, I'm turning 50 years old. In my head, I'm still 22, 23. My body's like 96. But, you know, I just, uh, it, it's, I still remember the days of no internet. And when my buddy Dan Summers first got the internet, and I, I got into WWF theme music trading, and I would get so upset when someone wouldn't send me my theme in return after I sent them a theme. And, and now, shit, uh, it, it's so funny to me that I could just go online and say, okay, what song do I want? Boop, there it is. It's crazy. Right. 
It is. And, and you know, a song will, will pop in your head that you haven't thought about in 15 or 20 years. And you're like, oh, I wonder if that's even available. And you can't even get the bitch typed all the way out before it pops up on your screen. I'm like, oh, okay, well, here we are. So how many times did you look up Treat Your Mother Right last week? <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up. <laughs> but I'll Mother, you know. there is no other. <laughs> Earlier in that episode, you asked me. You asked me a very simple question. Nikolai Volkov with Karamia or Mr. T with Treat Your Mother Right? And I said... Yeah. Now, having listened to that episode back, I stand by my pick <laughs> because what you know it, that bonus track that you put in there was, in fact, Mr. T, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you, as well as the other listeners, enjoyed that bonus track. I'll be honest. I got 15 seconds into it, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I, I pulled a Kristen Watt. No. <laughs> no. Um, oh. We have an 80s theme topic here this week, and it's one that, that resonates with me personally, and I know it does with you, Sean. But before we get there, can I take a moment? Um, I, I want to take a, a moment or two here and, and discuss something that came across. Well, it didn't come across my radar. It <clears throat> landed right in my lap. Um, anybody that follows me on social media saw a post I put out. Uh, I guess it was Saturday. And uh, one of the reasons why this topic that we're going to talk about this week resonates with me the way the way that it does is because of the time frame it came out we're we're talking about the movie over the top and it came out in 1987 now in 1987 um i i lived in hadley at that time and we had uh neighbors that were just the most phenomenal people that there ever were and, and a good chunk of our childhood was spent especially during the summer months was spent over at their house at their swimming pool and things of this nature uh these folks became my parents best friends they had two boys a little bit old, older than jeff and i but uh, we all became very 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 good friends and like i said i spent the majority of my summers over at their house um unfortunately uh, the younger of the two sons, uh, my, my, my buddy John Burns passed away un unexpectedly uh, over the weekend. And uh, very similar, and I sent you a message. It was very s similar to how we lost my brother. I mean, almost I identical s scenarios. And, uh, you know, it takes things like that that... Um, you know, that's why I put out there, hug hug your loved ones a little bit tighter. Because, you know, t tomorrow is never guaranteed. I don't need to tell you that, Sean. I don't need to tell anybody that. But we need to be reminded of that from time to time. And I wanted to take a moment here and um, just uh, send my heartfelt, uh, my heartfelt uh, condolences to the Burns family, um, to Rod especially, who... You know, I'm. I can imagine 
what's going on in his mind, having lost his his only li- little brother, and um, it's shit like that, brother, that puts things in perspective in the most unfortunate of of circumstances. So I just want wanted to acknowledge it here out out of the gate here this week. Yeah, you lost a neighbor. I lost a, a really good friend at the beginning of the week. And then I lost a relative who I had to find out through Facebook that he passed away. Um, I'm not going to go into details of who these people. Well, Jim Simpson, uh, my kids used to call him Mr. Jim. When we would go up to Tawas, he would let them ride on their jet ski. Super cool guy. Uh, He's going to be missed. I don't want to get into this relative portion of it so much because he was only uh, a relative of mine. I bet, I bet you I've seen him one time in probably the last 30, 35 years. But to find out that you have a relative pass away through Facebook is probably one of the most disingenuous ways. I know I use that word a lot. But to find out that someone passed away, because it's almost like when you read it on Facebook, it's almost like you're the forgotten family member. Like, they, you know, they didn't take enough time or consideration to figure, hey, Maybe I should give, you know, my brother, my sister, my cousin, my uncle, my aunt a call and let them know that one of their relatives passed away. It, it's it's kind of hard to be on the receiving end of that. And I would really wish people would take that more into consideration before they posted about someone's passing on Facebook. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, no, I'll, I'll be straight up. I haven't, uh, I haven't been met with that situation. Um, so I, I can't imagine what that would feel like. Uh, well, it's a, it's bullshit is what it is. You know, we've, we've come across it twice in the last three weeks. My wife lost her favorite aunt and she had to find out through Facebook. No one bothered to cut her favorite aunt, and no one bothered to contact her before she read it on Facebook. She was absolutely crushed. Sure. So. How could you not be? I mean, right. it just, just goes to, I mean, to, to, in my opinion, that just goes to show what these people think think of you. You know, yep. like you're, it, it, you're not important enough to make sure that you know before the rest of the world finds out in a very, I'll use your word, disingenuous manner um you know send me your hate tweets i don't give a fuck you know what i'm saying this is my opinion not sean's but you know that that kind of thing tells me what these people think of you and i have a huge fucking problem with that on a fundamental level you know so i'm terribly sorry to hear about that and you know you and i have been like well we talk every day for you know one way or the other um so I'm very sorry to hear that, and I'm sorry that that's how you guys have had to find out your respective relatives or or what have you. Uh, we you know, it pretty- sucks. Yeah. We're only two and a half months into 2024. Lost so many people. It just needs to stop already. Right now, it's crazy. Hit yeah. the pause button. We 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 need time to regroup here before the next batch of bullshit comes down the wire so can we just chill for a minute just chill <coughs> pardon me oh well we should probably get on to yeah, a happier I, uh, subject huh 
<laughs> Let's talk about Sylvester Stallone, because nothing makes me happier. <laughs> then to hear a ditty by Sylvester Stallone from Paradise Alley, such a good tune, or Rhinestone, or some other ear-shattering ditty. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, how about that halftime show last night? I mean, Usher's no Sylvester Stallone, but hey. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Didn't watch one second of it. Dude, I went to bed at like 6.30 last night. I gave two shits about the Super Bowl. Is that right? Yeah. Let's face it. Lions weren't in it. I had no interest. So, Listen, there there was uh, quite a few people who shared that sentiment. Um, I did watch it, uh, which is kind of my... uh, Kind of funny because, uh, you know, my shoot job let us go in an hour late the night that the Lions played in the NFC Championship. Uh, For the actual Super Bowl, we had to go in an hour early. And all of us on the floor were like, you dumb fucks. What are you doing? You know this is going to be a thing. It happens every year. Nobody's coming in. So maybe, and if they do come in, they're coming in late. And if they come in late, they're coming in drunk. Okay, so what the fuck are we doing? Use some goddamn common sense here. Well, ironically and amusingly to me, we didn't build one vehicle in the first 45 minutes of our shift because we didn't have enough enough people to run. And then they put the game on the TV screens. So we were sitting there watching. (laughs) <laughs> watching wow. the rest of the Super Bowl while, while getting paid for it. Thank you very much. But no, I didn't see the halftime show at all. I had zero interest. I don't give a fuck about Usher. I don't give a fuck about Alicia Keys. I don't give a fuck about Luda and Lil John and all these other people that were on there with them. I hear it. It was a good show. And if that's your genre of music, bless your heart. I I signed out as soon as Reba McIntyre was done with the National Anthem or America the Beautiful or whatever the fuck it was that she was singing. I, I checked out musically after that. Uh, it, just me. Professional football is proving itself to be more and more, and let's go ahead and use a wrestling term, of a work than actual professional wrestling. I mean... Taylor Swift. All the Swifties are happy now. So now they're going to go out and buy all this Chiefs gear. And uh, and take nothing away from Amy Sheridan because she's been a lifelong Chiefs fan and this, that, and the other. But the, the sad thing about it is now is that Taylor Swift will be associated with any female wearing Kansas City Chiefs gear. Yep. You know, and that's a, that's a whole different conversation that we could spend a lot of time in. But that's for another show. That's for another time. Yes, um, it is. I have very strong feelings about it. Uh, I, I've actually re- related, actually, on the most recent episode of The Real Podcast. So go ahead and check that out in the archives here on the PFC Entertainment Network. But here this week with our show, now that we're 20 minutes into this motherfucker, um... <laughs> Uh, we're talking about Over the Top, uh, the 1987 movie starring Sylvester Stallone, Robert Loja, um, Terry Funk may, makes a cameo appearance in this. Uh, not one of Stallone's most famous roles, but for a demographic of fans of his specifically, 
This is one of those cult-like favorites. One that didn't get a whole lot of um, airplay, for the lack of a better term. Not one that gets uh, talked about nearly enough. But on the surface, man, this wound up being a better movie than a lot of the critics uh, gave, gave credit for. Would, would you agree with that? It's one of my favorite movies. And it's so funny to me that Sylvester Stallone was nominated for a Razzie as the worst actor for this movie. Um, I mean, granted, he did have some cheesy lines, you know, I take my hat and I turn it backwards kind of like a machine, you know? (laughs) There was some cheese to it, man. Terry Funk, I love Terry Funk in this movie. I like like him better in this movie than I liked him in Roadhouse, actually. Did you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... I'm trying to think of what Robert Loggia's name was in this, but Mr. So-and-so's not done with you yet. Mr. Cutler's not done with you yet. And he throws him through the plate glass door, sliding glass door. Um, But you forgot one very big name on here. Uh, And he was actually a professional arm wrestler by the name of Rick Zumwalt. Mm -hmm. Um, And that would be Bo Hurley, who for the longest time – People said I looked like Paul Hurley when I had my big old mustache and I was bald and blah, blah, blah. So, and I have no neck. So, <laughs> but let's face it, the man's arms were as big as my head. Um, I think the reason why we gravitated to this movie so well was a lot of the characters could have been professional wrestlers. Yeah. You know, you had Mad Dog Madison, um, SC, uh, uh, Bo Hurley, um, what the, uh, Tank Abbott, um, oh, what the hell was the scruffy guy's name that drank the Pennzoil motor oil? Uh, I was just trying to think of his name, too, because I can, pit- I, I can picture that scene. I'm like, what the fuck is that dude's name? But you're right, and I had never thought of it in, in, in that context. These are... These could these guys could have been pro wrestlers, even if they were just jobbers on your Saturday morning challenge or or superstar. Except for Bull Hurley, that dude had star had star written all over him. Why he didn't make a transition into professional wrestling, especially with Stallone and how tied in he is to that genre? Why why wasn't that a thing? Um, but the dude's arm was was two times the size of Stallone's head. So it was on, like, I'm looking at the poster here for Over the Top, the two are face-to-face, and I'm like, on paper, in reality, there is no way that little dude is beating Bull Hurley, but in the world in the world of movies where Stallone is royalty, you ain't beating him. You ain't beating Lincoln Hawk, especially when he turns that hat backwards. Now, as a kid... John he, Grizzly. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Yes. John Grizzly. And I can hear the, I, now that you say that, I can hear the, the announcer, the ring announcer um, calling his name. Um, yep. What the hell was I just going to ask you? Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. All right. So why are we tackling this th- this week? Well, t- to be perfectly honest with you, we I was preparing for another topic, and it's been put off to to the side for a week or two because it was this week in 1987 that this movie came out. It premiered on February the 12th in Los Angeles. 
The New York premiere was a day later on the 13th. This show drops on Valentine's Day, the 14th. So that's why we're covering it here this week. But uh, as far as the movie is concerned, do you remember seeing the trailers on TV for, for this? And did you get excited about it? Don't remember seeing the trailers about it at all. I think I actually stumbled upon this movie just flipping through channels one day. And um, I probably saw, you know, one of the arm wrestlers and it instantly had me hooked. I mean, they all had their own looks. They had their own characters. Like I said, they definitely could have been professional wrestlers. And as I'm looking here, and I always thought this guy looked familiar in the movie. Scott the Flash Norton was one of the arm wrestlers in the movie. He wasn't named, but he was in the movie. And also, you know the female arm wrestler that wins and she's jumping up and down? Yeah, yeah. That's Reggie Bennett. So it was a female professional wrestler. So like I said, a lot of, a lot of close ties with the professional wrestling, and so that's why uh, now I know why I gravitated towards it. So. Yeah, I just had never thought about it before. Um, <clears throat> now, when you sent me this idea that we we were going to talk about this movie last, yesterday, as a matter of fact, I spent all night at work, among other things, in, in this Rolodex in my brain. What was it about this movie that gravitated to me, aside from the tie-ins with with pro wrestling because this movie centers around the world of arm wrestling. Now, the one thing that came to mind, and I started doing a deep dive on this, and I think this is why Stallone's movies resonate with us the way that they do, is no matter what role he plays in, whether it's Rocky to a lesser degree Rambo, Tango and Cash, Cobra, like there, in every movie that, that he's in, there is some element of his character that is very sympathetic. Like us, we tie into the emotional side of whatever character he's playing, regardless of what it is. In this aspect, um, as the movie starts and it starts to unfold, you start to see him go through the... Um, the process of washing his big rig. Now, the plot of this movie is Stallone is a truck driver of an 18-wheeler, um, and he is trying to get reacclimated or or uh, mend the fences with his estranged son while his ex-wife is battling cancer. It and wasn't he, his choice. No, no, certainly was not. Um, and this is where we get introduced to Robert Loja's a character who plays the father-in-law. Um, but as we're watching the movie unfold in the first, you know, a couple of scenes, uh, Stallone is washing his rig. And even with all the time that he spent to make it pretty, he's driving into a military academy to go pick up his son, and the truck still looks like shit. And mm -hmm. I'm like, man, that, and when I thought about that scene, I was like, that's, that's why we gravitate towards him, because there is an aspect of his character that we are sympathetic for. He doesn't have a fancy car. He doesn't have fancy clothes. He's wearing a clip-on tie. He's doing everything that he can with what he has to work with. And in this case, 
trying to get uh, reestablished a relationship with his smart-ass son. Again, not his fault. It's a product of his upbringing. And as the story unfolds, you see that dynamic change. But I, that is why. Because I feel like we get that more in Stallone's movies than we do with, Arn with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was his rival at that time. Would, would you agree? Yeah, I mean, Schwarzenegger... Schwarzenegger's characters were always the uh, muscle-bound badass who was ready to take on the world. Um, Stallone's characters were... He was the muscle-bound badass ready to take on the world, but the world kept holding him down. You know, you couldn't hold back Schwarzenegger, but Stallone... Uh, the world had already beat the shit out of him. It's him. It's him trying to dig himself out the dirt and brush himself off and fight to the top. Uh, you know, just like uh, the song said in the beginning of this podcast, winner takes it all, loser takes the fall. And when it comes to Stallone, he's already fell. Right. He's always trying to get back over the top. See what I did there? I do see what you did. <laughs> um. This movie cost $25 million to make. They had a $25 million budget. To my surprise, um, the box office taken was $16 million. And, I, I mean, I guess that's why there wasn't a sequel, and I guess that's why this movie didn't get uh, the publicity that it probably should. But this is one of those movies that, you know, we, we mentioned it earlier in the show here, it has, at this point, a cult-like following because, yeah, it tanked at the box office and it, it garnered all kinds of Razzie nominations, not just for Sly, but uh, the kid that played his son was also nominated for Razzie's for Worst su Supporting Actor and Worst New Actor. Come to Really? Out. Yeah, you want to talk wow. about assholes. I mean, well, what wow. was this kid, 12 years old when, when he made this movie? If that, if that. But you know what? I didn't like the whiny little bitch anyway. I, I didn't like him in the movie at all. When Stallone takes him to, I believe it was a truck stop, and he runs across the three kids, and he tell, coaches his son to arm wrestle the big, strong bully. And uh, he, he runs out crying the first time the bully slams his hand. I'm like, okay, just time to leave the little kid at the truck stop. Go about your way. You know, leave him there. Let him be an orphan. I don't care. Um, but then he brings him back in, and Stallone, <laughs> Stallone teaches him how to cheat. And, you know, if you know anything about arm wrestling, when you grab hold of a guy's thumb instead of the wrist, that's that you're cheating. <laughs> so Stallone, while I love the movie, Stallone was nothing more than a big-ass cheater throughout the whole thing. I will not have you sit here and disparage the good goddamn name of Lincoln Hawk. I'm just not going to have you do it. <laughs> well, I, I, I tell you, Bo Hurley, uh, Rick Zumo, I mean, he was an actual professional arm wrestler. And it's so funny because every after that movie, every little thing he was in, I seem to remember. I remember him in Full House. I remember him in Disorderlies. I remember him in a very short-lived game show for kids called Pictionary as Judge Mental. I don't know if you remember that or not. I don't. Think in about fact, that name, though. Judge Mental. Judge yeah. Mental. 
after you said that, I'm like, well, that's clever play on words. Yeah. Um, the one, the thing that I remember Bull Hurley from, aside from over the top, because I think I seen Disorderly's one time in 86, 87, something like that. The the one movie that stands out that Bull Hurley is in, and when I seen him in this movie, and this was nine years later, um, was Bulletproof with Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans. Okay. He was a James Conn's henchman. And I'm like, son of a bitch. That's Bull Hurley. And that's a testament to how strong this character is. I didn't, like, I know if I go back and look at the credits, I will know that this guy's name is Rick Zumo. But when I see him on screen or Hurley. anything like that, it's Bull Hurley. How yep. the fuck could it not be? You know? So, that's and that's the other thing about Stallone's movies. Doesn't matter which one we're talking about, there is a supporting character in those movies that stands out. They resonate, or or something about him or her is on full display to the point to where it becomes who and what they are. Not, I mean, they may have gone out and done a number of different things. Burt Young is a prime example of this. We talked about him several weeks ago when he unfortunately passed away. He played Paulie in the Rocky movies. But, man, he brought such a uh, a feeling to the the saga that was Rocky. After everything else that Burt Young did, he's always going to be Paulie. We talked about Carl Weathers here last week, Apollo Creed, uh, on the same thing. And you can look at Stallone's movies and be like, man, there's always that one character that stands out. And I I, I appreciate the fact that Stallone, with as talented as he is, a lot of his talent comes with his writing because he wrote this movie as, as well as the majority of the other ones that he's been in. And this one was no exception. So you can see that he has that ability to add feeling and character and all these different emotions tied into another supporting role. Not just his his role in it, but those that, that he's on, on screen with. And that is an art that gets glossed over in this day and age, in my opinion. Right. Well, the good thing is, is, at least Sly didn't sing the theme song to this one. <laughs> no, no, because we could tolerate this for sure. <laughs> right. Um, oops. Um, actually, it's funny about the song Over the Top. Um, Sammy Hagar sung, sung this, right? But it was actually supposed to be the lead singer of Asia that... Originally, he originally sung the song, and when they when he did, they they were like, ah, no, your voice isn't strong enough. So they went with Sammy Hagar instead. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I did not know that. No. Nope. Yep. And then, did you know that there was a toy line for this movie? Yes, yes, I do because we had them. My mom, it was one one of those things where we came home from something, and my mom had gone out and found a bunch of the toy, the action figures, the little um, armrest. They had the table. table. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, they had the table for the action figures, but they also had a bigger size table for Jeff and I to arm wrestle on. 
And oh, that's the safe. Down, <laughs> it, yeah. As the arm went down, there was a thing on the pad that uh, that triggered a buzzer. So my mom, although bless her heart, she thought she was doing us a good thing. It wound up driving her crazy because that's what we were doing for hours on end is arm wrestling. <laughs> and she's like, stop, take the batteries out, something, you know what I mean? But yeah, I, I remember the toys and I wish I still had them because I wonder, are they worth anything now? You're, you're a toy collector. You do research on this. They are worth so much money anymore. It's ridiculous. They you can get a rag. No, you can get a ragged out Link Hawk, and he's 150 bucks all day long. Um, funny about the toy line, though, the only toy that matched the characters in the movie was Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. All the others didn't. Uh, Bull Hurley, they call him Bob Bull Hurley in the toy yeah. line. Uh, he wore a red and white outfit with a red and white trucker's cap but he had a full beard and black hair. He didn't have any hair in the movie. John Grizzly doesn't look like John Grizzly at all. You have a guy by the name of, I am reading this now. His name was Cleve Armbender Dean, who was a big old hillbilly with overalls and a straw hat. I don't know if you can see that or not. Oh, yes. Yeah, I do see that. Um, And, and then there was another guy. The, I, I can't think of his name. He was from the Truckers Union. The black guy that said he wasn't ready when Harry um, uh, Bosco. Yep. Harry Bosco. Okay, so they got this character looks a lot like Harry Bosco, but in order to uh, save what do you call it, like image rights or whatever, at they call him uh, Manny the Iceman Walker, <laughs> and then. I don't know if you remember this or not, but there was a guy who looked very similar to um, Lex Luger, and he was the one that slapped the shit out of the Canadian strongman. I, I can't think of his name either, but he slapped the shit out of him to get him psyched up. Anyway, he's got a character by the name of John Golden Boy Bresnik, and he looks just like Lex Luger. Sure does. Yep. Um, so <laughs> the the toy line was pretty... Uh, by Luco. I've never even heard of Luco. Um, but you can get the just the Lincoln Hawk one. It's still in the box here for the low, low price of $599.99. And they have them in stock right now. Well, let me just go right on. <laughs> pull my wallet out. Just take my money. <laughs> yeah. Um Here's another one. Oh, yeah, they got pictures of the arm wrestling table here. I like that. Yes. Yep. But, um, you know, it's funny to me. A, a movie that had a $25 million budget that only did $17 million at the box office came out with a toy line. And they thought it was going to be successful. This movie wasn't geared towards kids. It was geared towards families. And no mother's going to want to take their sons to see this movie with, you know, you got a guy drinking fucking Pennzoil oil before he arm wrestles. Yeah, or, or he's a cigar at one point. Yeah. So. <laughs> Lit and everything. Just swallowed the motherfucker whole. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's 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 along the same lines as um, you know, 
you you can make an argument that Rocky is not a kid's movie. You know, the Rocky series. So, but he's able to tie into that human element of of the characters that we were talking about earlier and and the backstory or the underlying story of Over the Top trying to get reconnect with his son and all of the obstacles, not just from the kid himself, because like we mentioned, as this movie starts, he's a spoiled, privileged little fucking brat because of his upbringing with his grandfather. And Robert Loja does not get enough credit for his role in this because as the antagonist in this movie, he played the role perfectly. Like when you saw him, when you heard him, like you as kids, because when we watched this, when it first came out, like that's the heel, that's the bad guy. He's the, you know, he is the guy that's trying to fuck over our hero or the baby face of, of the story. But as the story, you know, moves on and you start to see the kids start to appreciate who and what his father is, that's the human element of it. That's the family ties into it. And that's why it resonated and it wound up spawning a less than successful toy line, but a toy line nonetheless. But how much of that, of the toy line, I mean, is stemmed just solely because Stallone was as marketable as he was because we saw Rambo figures. We saw Rocky figures. You know, could would that have been a thing had Stallone not been in those movies? Because I don't remember seeing Terminator action figures. I don't remember seeing Running Man action figures. I don't remember seeing Missing in Action action figures. So what was it about Stallone? Yeah, I I don't know, man. Uh, I, I remember Chuck Norris action figures, but it could have been based on the uh, Karate Commandos. And I do believe there was Terminator toys that were released, but I think those were later on, maybe in the 90s. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, when Part 2 came out, for, for sure, in 91, yeah. Yeah. I just think that, you know, like much like the Rocky movies, I, I think Rocky 1 and 2 were geared more for adults. I think Rocky 3, with the introduction of Mr. T and Hulk Hogan, I think it was geared more towards kids. Uh, and then Rocky 4, by that point, you had every family member hooked. And, you know, that, that one became as successful as it did. And then, despite what Pope Brandon Bronson says, Rocky 5, I absolutely loved. So, fuck you, Pope. So... You know, people don't think I listen to these podcasts. This is all I do is I listen to the PFC Network all day long when I'm at work. So, Pope, I, I will take Tommy Gunn over anyone that you line up against him. Oh. Oh. That's right. Even Rocky. Even Rocky. <laughs> Only in America. <laughs> Touch me and I'll see. That's right. <laughs> For what? <laughs> oh, that guy was great. George Washington Duke. I yes. know we went, we went off on, on a sidebar here, but again, it's it's a credit to Stallone and these characters that he has created because as a writer, you are, you are, are essentially the ones who are creating these different characters. You're creating this world. And as somebody that has a appreciation, especially now, 
with the whole filmmaking process, I dial into that shit. Like I, and as a writer, you know, before I started diving into podcasting and filmmaking and things of this nature, I have always had an appreciation for how a person can create and construct a world, you know, different characters, different backdrops. And it doesn't have to be in a galaxy far, far away. It could be in Los Angeles. It could be in Providence, Rhode Island. I don't give a fuck. But when you're able to take an idea out of your mind and put it on full display on a screen, like I have all the respect in the world for, for people that can do that. And it resonates. And it resonates to this day. Does over the top get the kind of love and admiration that Rocky and Rambo and all these other ones do? No. Is it a crime? Yes. Because I feel like people, especially if if you want to see a family type of movie and you want to go a little bit old school, this movie still holds up to this day. And there's not a lot that, that can say that that was made in this time frame. All these years later, 30-something years later, it can still be played and it still resonates. Would you agree with that? Oh, it does. The only thing that still bugs me, I'm trying to look up what kind of vehicle it was, is when the kid took off from his grandpa's house driving a vehicle and drove it all the way. Number one, GPS wasn't a thing then. How the fuck did he know where the arena was to go watch Link Hawk arm wrestle? Well, it wasn't Las Vegas. So maybe they they had signs. See, let's not overthink this. Maybe there was a lot of road signs that he knew where where to go. So he drove from California to Las Vegas and didn't get pulled over at all. Not one. Time. And I don't. Huh? Not one time. Not not one time. So from California to Vegas, and didn't hit any traffic because he made it there in like twenty minutes. And then, and then he just gave the keys to a security guard and told him to keep the vehicle. So. You know, <laughs> But, no, uh, it, it is a feel-good movie. When you see Stallone and he's teaching his son how to work out on the road, and how, how to drive the truck, you know, you can kind of relate to little things that maybe you did with your dad or what you did with your son. You know, don't get me wrong, there was no working out going on on this end of the computer screen. But, you know, I was teaching him how to play baseball and I was teaching him how to play catch and things like that. So you can relate to this as an adult or a kid. Though, if you're a kid, don't try to drive to Vegas. It's not no, a good idea. No, very, very ill-advised. Um, yeah, you just don't want to do it. Because shit, the way it was back in the 80s, and here and now, two different sides of of the uh, of the proverbial coin, uh, there's no telling what, what would happen if you got caught. I know, I know it's going, eh, eh, but all of a sudden it popped in my head the Bad News Bears when Kelly was driving a van full of baseball players. Kelly was only like 13 years old. The cop pulls up next to him, he puts on the sunglasses, and he's smoking a cigarette. And the cop just salutes to him and just keeps on driving. <laughs> oh, oh man. They, they couldn't do that shit nowadays. No. Could you imagine them putting a cigarette in a kid's hand in a movie nowadays? That's what the I mean. Wor- like, there's Yeah, the no world way. would flip out. Yeah. yeah. They they would try to cancel the director. I feel like that would be a Quentin Tarantino gimmick. 
and uh, <laughs> they, they would try canceling him and and all this other shit. Oh my God, you're poisoning these kids' minds. Woman, go back and watch Bad News Bears. Go back and watch a variety of movies that came out in this time frame. There was they were doing shit in there that look at Stand by Me for for example. Oh, you God, know? they were constantly smoking, yeah. <laughs> shooting guns, drinking, yeah. and all kinds of shit. You know, it's like carving tat carving tattoos into their arms with razor blades. <laughs> Would you hold still? You're making me fuck off the snake part. <laughs> Oh, uh, but uh, yeah, this is de- definitely this was this was a fun topic, and when when you threw when when you threw it at me last night, I'm like, yeah, for sure, this is what what we need to talk about because we were going to tackle Burger Wars, uh, because that was a big thing in the 1980s. We'll get to that topic, but this one was a little bit more time sensitive in terms of. The release date that's coincided with the anniversary of the release date. And uh, I believe if you have Tubi on your streaming app on Roku or what have you, Over the Top is now available on Tubi. So, and it's free. You, you, you got to navigate through a couple of co- commercial breaks. But uh, I saw it on there the other day, Sean. So if, if you're so inclined, I have it on DVD as well. But um, if you're so inclined and you want to check this movie out, it is currently available on Tubi. So be sure to check that out. Yep, Sylvester Stallone is definitely uh, to over the top as Ralph Macchio is to the Karate Kid. He was a big ass cheater through the arm wrestling tournament, much like the Karate Kid. Uh, Daniel Larusso was a cheater throughout the entire karate, All Valley Karate tournament, and then that's just the way it is. He kicked Johnny in the face with an illegal kick, Jason. They swept the fucking leg. <laughs> what did you want? He deserved it going after Johnny's girlfriend when all they were having was just a little lover's quarrel. Lover's quarrel. Yeah. Are we going to have to deep dive the Karate Kid here soon? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yep, we are. And uh I mean while we're on that on that topic, we're gonna to have to cut down ET and get to the bottom of that bullshit too. Is that a bullying thing? Because he's an alien and everybody was treating him like shit, trying to cut him up and all kinds of stuff. I will not I will not entertain this bullshit. The karate <laughs> I just don't even I just don't even know about you. He had a different girlfriend every movie. Daniel LaRusso was a womanizer and a cheater. There, I said. Not only that, he had a different girlfriend in another country, too. So, yeah. She approached him. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Lord. Yeah, we could go on. Yeah, so stay tuned for our breakdown of The Karate Kid coming up in the coming weeks here on the show. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna bring in a special guest for that one. I oh, got yeah. someone who's I got someone who's just as big a karate or I'm sorry, a Johnny Lawrence fan as I am. So that's right, Eagle Fang, baby, Eagle Fang. Is he a two-time black belt Hall Hall of Famer too? Could possibly be oh. All Valley Karate Tournament winner. That's right. 
I'm looking forward to that. Stay tuned <laughs> to, as uh, for all the latest information. Uh, anything else you want to put out there about Over the Top? No, but I do want to put this out about Riverside. Okay. I think it sucks so far. They got to work out the uh, bugs because you have freeze framed probably no less than 30 times. I stopped counting after about 20. And I don't know. I don't have I freeze framed on your side of the world at all. So you're not a fan. Uh, wait a minute. I think we're starting to break up now. Did you just see it said trouble communicating with the servers? No. It's it came because up you talked shit. No, it just come up on my side of the screen, and then you freeze-framed again. I was asking you, did I freeze-frame on your side of the world? A couple of times. I mean, nothing see, major. It doesn't show me freeze-framing on this side. Oh, no, you there, there have been a couple of times where your face is froze. And like you're saying, there's when you've said that I have frozen, on my screen I have not. So, okay. yeah, Riverside, you got until June to get this shit figured out. Spotify, I am, I mean, out of the gate. I mean, we're just recording at this point. I haven't even started the editing or, or distribution process, so it's going to be different to, to see how, how this all works out. But I'm with you. I am not a fan of this on the surface. You have until June, because this is when they're switching everything over to Riverside, and I will not have the capability to edit and upload the way that I usually do or the way that I have done. Um, I can still do it at this point, but come June, I'm not going to be, be able to. So you've got until June to get your shit together, or I promise you, I will find a different way to distribute our content. I mean, there's other options out here. I just went with this one. This does not makes, have to be the end all be all. Makes me wonder because I'm a fan of the flagship show. I gotta be, you know, I gotta say that or I get canceled from the PFC network. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> it makes me wonder how it's going to affect the mobile app, Jason, because I know you record your shows remotely from your shoot job at times. Right. So it's got me a little curious how that's going to play out too. Plus we got an episode of the hot tag to record here. So Maybe in a couple days. We'll see. We're going to record that on, I think, Wednesday. It drops on Thursday here on the PFC Entertainment yep. Network. Um, so it makes me kind of curious how that's going to play out if they can work out some of these bugs in the next couple days. I hope they do. Yeah. I really hope they do because, you know, I, w I would like to keep everything under one umbrella the way that it is. But if I'm forced to, uh, to explore other options... Uh, I certainly will, because this network is priority, and I'm not letting the evolution of technology derail me. I just won't have it. Uh, so we'll, like you said, and you're very, and you're absolutely right. You know, when we go, when we come back in here in a couple of days to, to record the hot tag, um, I hopefully they get some of this shit worked out. I know they're this is a relatively new endeavor for, for them, but they should never have rolled this out if they didn't have all their shit together. And if they have people, and I know that they do, if they're going to have people that, that listen to this, and I'm sure we're not the only ones that have an opinion about it, uh, but get your shit together. Because if not, you are going to lose a significant chunk 
of your content creators. And that's not something like I'm, I'm not in the business to lose business. And I know you're not either. So, and we're just where we are at, in, in, at, at this stage. Imagine being a Spotify. Okay. Don't treat this as if, oh, it's just a small piece of your puzzle because there is a thing called death by a thousand cuts. You see what I'm saying? So you do you boo. And I will, I will plan accordingly. Right, right. Besides that, I don't got a whole lot to say. Go outside, enjoy this beautiful weather. Uh, hopefully we don't get any more snow. I'm talking about you Michigan people. Um, but do me a favor, Michigan people. The show's got to expand past Michigan. I know we're in several different locations right now, but we want this show to grow. We want to know what you want to hear, what you want to listen to, what you want to talk about. You know, takes... 30 seconds, less than 30 seconds to hit the share button once this goes live on Facebook. So give us a hand, help us get out there, help us help you, uh, help us get the, help us help you, help us help you, help you. Uh, Yeah, something like that. Let's get the content that you guys want to listen to. Let us know. Uh, You can check out, I I don't know if the new website's up yet, but it's still faustaheart.net. And I'll let you do all the foo-foo, fluffy buff stuff. Well, uh, yes, Klaustotheheart.net right now is the domain name for the website. Uh, that is going to change at the end of this month. Um, actually, this is dropping on Valentine's Day. So next weekend, not the one that's coming up right now, but next weekend, uh, that should have changed over to pfcnetwork.net. Uh, so we're, we're looking forward to that. Just another step in the evolution from our perspective. Also, check out the online store, cafepress.com forward slash PFC Network. There is a new sub store, and I'm going to start diving more into this, not not just brand-specific stores for the podcasts, but other um, merchandising ideas that have come to mind. There's an all-new sub store called I'm From Detroit. It was actually um, inspired by uh, Joanna Barnes you hear on shh, we don't talk about that so go over there check that out the pf um legacy line is still available on there and then of course all of the individual podcasts have their own merchandise store on there so be sure to check that out and of course any questions comments feedback show topic ideas anything of the sort hit us up over on our facebook page just look for power tripping through the 80s or the pfc entertainment network i believe that's it all right and so happy hallmark holiday to all you people out there i myself hate valentine's day but Same. you know um you do you boo boo whatever you know if you got if you gotta buy your wife some flowers to knock off a piece you guys go right ahead me i'm gonna come home i'm gonna eat some fucking fish sticks i'm gonna drink a mountain dew and that's gonna be my valentine's day so Happy Valentine's Day. That's a hell of a lot a hell of a lot more than I got going on Valentine's Day. I'm I'm dressed head to toe in black and don't give a fuck. So yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep be a cu- working that night. I'll keep a couple fish sticks in the oven for you, buddy. I I, I appreciate that, sweetheart. Thank you very much. <laughs> Imagine being married and single on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Welcome to my uh, world. Anyway, with that, 
we'll go ahead and put a bow on this week's episode. We certainly appreciate everybody tuning in. Hopefully, this gets turned around okay, and you you can hear us on Wednesday. I guess we're, who knows? We're, we're gonna find out. But with that, go out this week. Be awesome to yourselves and to each other. We'll see you right back here next Wednesday with a brand new episode of Power Tripping Through the Eighties on the PFC Entertainment Network. Josh is yours!